This is the Dad Devotionals Podcast with Dave Domzowski. Each week, I'll bring you compelling interviews that'll educate, inspire, and motivate you to become the father and husband our Lord called you to be. We're a community of devoted dads who want to strengthen our faith and family and live out our true purpose in this life. Please, won't you join us? Just text me at 717-913-5671, and you'll be welcomed into my Devoted Dads community. And if you want to support the podcast, we invite you to purchase a product, a book, or a course in our affiliate shop on daddevotionals.com. You can also contribute monthly at patreon.com slash daddevotionals. Now, here's today's show. God bless. Hey, guys. Are you in a leadership role in your current job? If so, I have a course for you. It's called Heroic Leadership. There is only one thing that's certain, and that is there will be uncertainty. But you don't have to wait around for things to happen. You can take charge of your life, your people, and your career. Instead of being reactive, you can be proactive. You can pivot when things go awry, which they inevitably will. Instead of operating from a fixed mindset, you can operate from a growth mindset. You can see opportunity, not lack. Instead of focusing on only yourself, you can come from a place of empathy. You can be that rising tide that lifts other boats. It's time you forge ahead with an inspired plan and the motivation to execute it. You see the caliber of people you'll be spending time with here. As Jim Rome said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, you're spending time with Jeffrey Hazlett, who will guide you through what it's like to answer the call as a C-suite executive. You're listening to Sarah Staley, who has dealt with many crises in her own time at Stanford University Medical Center. You'll also hear from Sean Maroney, who has suffered from obesity and other issues his entire life. Yet all these people are stronger for their experience and will teach you how to overcome anything. Now is the time to be extraordinary. Now is the time to step up. Now is the time to be your best when things are at their worst. It's time to answer the call. Join us today. Go to daddevotionals.com slash leader right now. That's daddevotionals.com slash leader to get instant access to this course. Now, let's get to today's episode. Hey there, guys. Today, we're joined by Matt Hamm from the Fearless Ones podcast. Matt is a speaker, storyteller, and encourager. He co-founded Uprint, The Life Center, and The Fearless Trading Company. He's also the author of Redefine Rich, A New Perspective on the Good Life. Matt, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much, man. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. I know we have connected over the years, and to be able to sit down with you, man, is a true true privilege to me. So thank you. Same here, man. Thanks so much. So let, let's, let's tell us about your background a little bit as we get started here. What's one thing we should know about Matt Hamm? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um. Man, I am just fiercely passionate for the Lord, um, and and I have a, a big mouth um, in in the best of ways and in the worst of ways. You know, I I am um, <clears throat> I have had to learn over the past few years um, how to um, just learn surrender and learn pace and and learn um, the concept of honor and and how to do that in relationships. But yeah, man, I just I love the Lord so much, and I'm just all about people 
not getting in the church, not doing the religious behavior thing, but truly waking up to who God made them to be. And of course, that's Kevin's heart as well. Kevin's my my business partner. Um, and, and Kevin and I just have been on a mission, man, for the last six years together uh, through our various entities to kind of lead the charge in this generation for people waking up to who God really is and who they are and getting busy with that. Absolutely. And I feel like the last few years, you know, as much as obviously a, a just horrible, but also, you know, this is these are the times when you're turning back to God, right? That's that's the whole point of when we go through these struggles, no matter how, I mean, this is a worldwide struggle. Um, so, you know, I want to get into this concept of the fearless person. Matt, what yeah. defines a fearless person? Can you touch on that? Yeah, you know, it's a big it's a big concept. Um, it, well, first of all, it's a common concept by mouth, mm-hmm. but it is an uncommon concept by action. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is um, there's a lot of things in Christian culture and not Christian culture. I mean, just people. We say things we don't actually believe. Sure. We say things we don't actually mean. We say mm-hmm. things we don't actually do. And the problem is, is we live in such a fast paced world that we don't have to be accountable to those things until something happens. And so we, for years, have been able to get away with saying things we don't mean, right? Saying things we don't follow through on or saying things we don't believe. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, faith in many aspects has become um, kind of uh, passive. It's become soft spined. And when the, the moment comes, we fold, right? And and again, man, I can go off in a lot of different directions here. And first thing I want to say this is I'm not saying this at anyone. So I'm not condemning anyone. I'm speaking in generalities about our culture and about people through my own experience as I've lived it and through the work we do one-to-one with people. And so when you look at this, man, it's really interesting that Jesus fed 5,000 people on the hillside. That was just the men. So you're talking about 10 to 15,000 with women and children. And yet after he was crucified, no one was there. They all scattered. Why do they scatter? They were terrified because their life would potentially be demanded of them as it was demanded of him or as he gave up, I would say. And so you even look at Peter, his closest dude, who said, man, I am going to die for you. And he denied him three times. But in Peter's denial was birthed Peter's purpose. Hmm. So in Peter's greatest turning from God, God brought him back to his purpose, which was to be the rock upon which the church would be built. And so Peter in John 20, John 21, after the crucifixion, you see this reinstatement of Peter by Jesus. So, so I, I think I'm getting to your question, but I, I think that we have to reconcile that we are no better than Judas. We are no better than Peter. We have traded Jesus for money. We have traded Jesus for the opinions of others. We have traded in our faith to comply with all of the stuff in the world around us, not doing it to please God, doing it to please man, and potentially justifying it as if it's pleasing to God when in fact it might not be. And so a fearless person, as we define it, mm-hmm. is someone who stands on their conviction of truth the truth of the gospel, no matter what it costs them. 
And so heroes of faith are those people who do that. And what we try to show folks and what we do show folks is, listen, we can quote Abraham and Joshua and David and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and Paul and Peter and Stephen and all the boys in the scriptures, or if you're going female, Mary Magdalene or, you know, um, or anybody, you know, Old Testament, Ruth, Esther, whatever, you know, we can quote them all day. But until we're forced to live out the conviction of truth on our heart, which do you love more? The praise of man or the conviction of your faith, the money that you can earn or what the Lord's calling you to do. Right. And so a fearless person is one who is finished trusting in everything that the world offers or the fears of the world and someone who is fearless for their father to do what he called him to do without compromise and stand on their conviction. You know, in that entire answer, and I remember in just like re- researching before this interview, just knowing about what you're about, man, about the podcast and all, you, know, you, you talk a lot about being built for impact and not for, for comfort. I mean, those folks that abandon our Lord, you know, in, in his hour, um, they were built for comfort. They didn't want to get involved in all that. And so, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a dad sitting here or, or I'm, you know, kind of in that, in that idea of, you know, I want to, I want to talk like I'm a Christian, but I want to live it out. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you, what do you tell the guys out there that, you know, they think maybe, Hey, Hey, uh, Hey God, why can't I live an easier life? Why isn't it just supposed to be easy for me? I, you know, I, I make the sign of the cross if I'm a Catholic or, a, or I'm an Orthodox Christian, or I attend church every week, or I, or I go to a, a, a Bible study and I'm good. I'm in, but yeah. that's not what God's calling us for, right? God's not calling us to live an easy life. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Kevin, um, which is beautiful the way the Lord connected us. And Kevin's been my mentor now for the past six years. And of course, that influence on my life is what led me to go like, dude, I'm, I'm in whatever I can do to help other people kind of come and learn from you of what you've learned of what you've taught me. I get to be the mouthpiece and you get to be the guy that's, you know, walking with people. And so that impact for comfort thing, right? Um, I think, number one, a lot of people have to come to the realization that whether we want to believe it or not, we have been indoctrinated or lulled to sleep in a culture that tells us our faith is something we do, Mm. that it's about a behavior, that it's about... um, you know, where you go to church or how good of a person you are or whatever. Now, uh, without, um, you know, uh, this whole idea of works, right? Um, It's not just about the works. And we know that the Bible says that. And faith does move you to works. Mm -hmm. But I think that people have to get to the root of saying, man, I have been misled unintentionally by institutional Christianity, church, whatever, Mm -hmm. to make me conditioned to believe that faith is about what I do. You know, it's about what I believe when in reality, faith is the thing that shows you who you are. Mm. Like God is, God is the one that made us, right? And so if somebody's listening and they don't believe that God made them, then that's fine. Let's, let's go have a beer or whatever and hang out and have a good time. But I'm not going to try to convince you of that. And that's a lot of times where we've gone wrong. We're trying to convince people, prove to people that that's not the way it works. But if you do believe that God made you, then he made you for something. Absolutely. 
And so understanding that he put his genius in you, he doesn't make mistakes, that he didn't make a mistake in your geography, he didn't make a mistake in your pain, in your past or whatever, reconciling all of that, being freed from it, living beyond it, and starting to wake up to the reality that God made you for something, and then discovering that thing, that ultimately, David, is the process of discipleship right? Now, the Bible says, go and make disciples. And we quote that all day, but I have yet to truly um, experience um, in the modern culture, right? Um, Agreement upon what that actually is, especially in churches. In fact, many churches that I know, pastors, friends of mine, they say they struggle to implement discipleship. I had one Mm -hmm. tell me, he goes, I don't even like the word. I'm like, how do you not like the word discipleship when it's the primary call? You know, so so that word's become watered down. It's become misunderstood. But yet it is the thing that we have to have if we are to be grown up in the Lord, to be matured. And again, a lot of times, you know, people talk about milk versus meat, right? This is a biblical concept. They want the milk of the word, the comfort of the word. Mm. They want an easy road. They want the peaceful thing. Back to your question. I always get to answer the question, I promise. I just have to, you know. (laughs) It's all good, man. You're you're, you're a speaker, you know? I mean, that's that's you You got to have the story. I got stories to get there, right? (laughs) So, but but back back to the question at hand, what about easiness, right? So tell me something that is worthwhile that is easy. You know, and and you can't. One of my favorite movie quotes of all time is A League of Their Own. Mm. Tom Hanks, in in one of his best roles, is Jimmy Dugan, is the coach of a women's team. He's a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. And the girls are getting ready to go to the World Series. And Gina Davis's character, Dottie Henson, is the star player. Her husband's come back from war, and she's checking out. And Tom Hanks is walking to the bus, and she's overpacking the bags. And he goes, "Where are you going?" And and she goes, "Well, my Bob's back in town, and I'm just I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. I'm going home on a farm to raise some kids or whatever." And um, he presses on her, and she looks at him, and she goes, "It just got too hard." And he responds, and he says, "It's supposed to be hard." If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And that's been like one of my favorite things of all time, right? And, you know, whether it's William Wallace or Lord of the Rings or whatever movie you connect to, Star Wars, all of these beautiful analogies in storytelling about the difficult moments we must go through. But the difficult moments are the moments that birth purpose, right? You have kids. I have kids. I don't know if you were in the labor delivery room. I was. Yes. Right. For a man to go. Unfortunately, I was. But think (laughs) about it for a moment. Yeah. It's not pretty. No. It's not easy. In fact, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Like it terrified me. We've had, we've got five kids and, oh. and one set of twins and those were, were basically uh, cesarean. So I've oh. seen cesarean, I've seen, you know, regular birth, all the above, right? I've been there, bro. Yeah. But, and I passed out during one of them, quite frankly, wow. great story there. My point is birth is messy. Mm. Birth is painful. Birth is hard. And the birth of your purpose is no different is no different. And this is the promise of the gospel, right? If a man seeks to preserve his life, he will lose it. But if he loses his life for my sake, he will gain it. The first shall be last. The last shall be first. Like God is upside down. Difficult stuff is the only stuff that matters. And if you're doing something easy right now, I would tell you to stop 
because it's not birthing kingdom purpose, because it's the contraction, it's the pain, it's the blood, sweat, and tears, et cetera, that actually births something amazing into the universe and into the atmosphere and into the world around us. And that's what God has for us. But most people, back to your earlier point, would rather have comfort. They would rather go, well, I just want to do a few good deeds, make some money. I got my bank account tied up and, and I'm good to go. And, and, you know, again, I gave a TEDx talk a few years ago. And in that talk, I said, there are circumstances and situations that will and can take everything from you, money, family, health. Have we not seen that over the past couple of years? Right. Freedoms we thought we had. Right. But what's the one thing that can't be taken? who God made you to be, your purpose, right? So get busy with that thing. You know, re- really quick, I wanted to interject that um, I told my my wife that uh, having children is akin to when I ran a marathon and I almost got a shoe thrown at me. So don't do that, guys. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. It's brutal, man. <laughs> well, let's, let's touch on the pandemic. Um, you know, do you think that the last few years with the pandemic has lessened or boosted our impact? How can we be fearless in facing these types of huge issues? Obviously, something like this, something that none of us in this generation have faced. But let's touch on that for a moment. Yeah, um, my answer might not be popular, but I'm less concerned about being popular. I'm speaking from my experience. I'm speaking from my belief structure. And so disagree if you want. But if it presses on something, press into it yourself and, and see what the Lord says. Um, I believe that that God allowed the situation that we call the pandemic um, mm. because it is a forcing people to make a decision. Mm. And it is a, a Kevin and I often talk about this. Um, it is a fork in the road. This is what Kevin talks about on the show. He wrote about it in his book, The Extravagant Fool. Um, the fork in the road is clear mm-hmm. when you were surrendered to the right thing. And you know that this is the hard path, but this is God's path and I'm going to take it. And I think that this thing we call the pandemic allowed us the opportunity to do. It says, who choose this day whom you will serve. And you have a massive amount of people in the name of God, right, Mm -hmm. who are on one side of that equation. Call it masks, call it vaccine, call it whatever, right? And then you have other people in the name of faith on the other side, and they say, I have deep conviction that I can't participate in these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so it forces people to choose and to get honest about what God's actually saying to them, not what their pastor's teaching them, not what famous Christian guru book sales people are teaching them, not what the big box churches are saying, not what the government's saying. And this is where people often use scripture out of context and misquote it, and they use passages that talk about, well, surrender to government, submit to governments, and all this kind of stuff. Listen, think about Jesus, and just you do your own assessment. They killed him. Right. And they killed him for a reason. And it wasn't because he was the nice guy. It wasn't because he was peace-loving, you know, hippie Jesus who just love is love and everybody and whatever and just come on in. Jesus stood for his father's kingdom and said, he said, I only did what my father has called me to do. And Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Mm -hmm. And I came to divide. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword to pierce bone from marrow, soul from spirit. That's Hebrews. And so Jesus, when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, 
That's offensive. Yeah. Jesus, I told, I spoke to a group of high school students the other day, and I said, who's the most offensive human being that you can think of in the history of the world? And they said, Hitler. And I said, okay, that's fair. You know, Hitler was an awful human being. Um, and, 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 and in large part, um, what he did was, was grossly offensive for generations. But like a coward, he killed himself in a bunker. And, you know, his legacy was essentially like to wiped away. And what I mean by that is he's not still here influencing people, right? It's, it's right. pretty much, it's done with. We, we saw it. Jesus, however, was so offensive that he was killed by the religious people of uh, Judaism, by the Pharisees, Sadducees, basically handed over to the Roman authorities, falsely accused or whatever, did not defend himself, did not get personally offended, chose to go all the way through death, and then was resurrected by the power of God. And a an infant child who was born to teenage parents in the Podup town of Bethlehem in, 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 in the middle of you know, camel poo and uh, donkey stank and everything that he was born into. There is an institution or a movement of people that call themselves Christians that have influenced every aspect of culture, whether you agree with it or not. There's a church on every corner, hospitals influenced by Christian thought, universities influenced by Christian thought. But the challenge is, and this is what I believe wholeheartedly, the enemy has infiltrated all of those institutions all of those buildings, and there has been a deceptive war on our mind, Mm. through our mind to our heart, to get us to be divided. Because the Lord said, a house divided cannot stand. So the enemy divides. Oh, which side of this are you on? Mask? No mask. Vax? No vax. Pick a side. Jesus, pick a side, right? And, And so here you are going, oh my goodness, what do I do? And and people, therefore, don't know how to hear the voice of God because he's relegated to a religious practice. He's not a real person speaking to them. And so they follow the path of least resistance or they pick up a sword and try to chop everything up and fight to the death. Like Peter, remember this? Remember when Jesus was in Gethsemane, right? And he's praying and the guards come. Peter jumps up with a sword, chops off his ear, and Jesus goes, time out, bro. And he picks the ear up and he heals the man. And and so what you have in culture today is this polarized Christianity, right? And it's which side are you? Are you this crazy radical guy chopping off ears? Or are you this, you know, kind of passive, just go along to get along kind of person? And Jesus is in the middle going, listen, there's lion and there's lamb. There's lion and there's lamb. There's time to stand up to arrogance. There's time to stand up to tyranny, time to stand up against evil, right? But to a humble person who has been ridiculed or mocked by the church or whatever, man, go give them a hug and love on those people. So this is this beautiful dynamic. And that's why our logo, if you can see my shirt. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you know, the trading company. Yes, the lion coming out of the shadow. We're in a season where the lion of Judah is beginning to roar, and he's calling the true followers of Jesus, not the followers of church, not the followers of famous pastors, not the followers followers of economy and business. He's calling the true followers, those my sheep hear my voice and they know me, those true followers to emerge, to stand up, and to stand for the kingdom of God and usher it in right now, right now, right now. Man, amen, brother. Wow. So, you know, I, I want to get into your TED talk, but when you talk about inner genius, clearly, thankfully, finally, you are living out your purpose, man. 
<laughs> I just want to say that, you know, thank you for sharing that. Um, it is it is a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. And especially so I, I'm an Orthodox Christian. And right now we're, we're in the season of Lent. We're, you know, we're on our way to Pascha. And that, that's that's the idea. We're, we're journeying to God. We're, that's the whole Amen. point. We're, we're 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 searching for him, you know, to to live our lives for him, to put him first. Mm. Um, and, you know, just the way you put it so eloquently, you know, like I said, you are you are living your purpose, my friend. So a journey and I'm still I'm still learning. Absolutely. So you, you gave that TED talk a few years back on discovering your inner genius. And in that you mentioned that the need for people to, to move beyond that mediocrity and, and let go of who you're not. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us, uh, you know, for these dads out there that, that are still trying to figure that out, still trying to live out that purpose, what did you mean by that? And how can we begin living that out? Uh, yeah, so that that process it's a big process and it's an organic sure. process. And um, I want to say one thing too, when I speak the way I do, I speak very passionately. I, I kind of let off with this idea that out of my mouth comes all kinds of stuff. Um, but there, there, again, there's no condemnation in this. So like be in community, right? Mm-hmm. Go after the Lord, um, but just be open to the reality of what he says and not necessarily led by the, the worldly things because the two are infused, right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately Jesus stood up against the worldly things, the Pharisees. He called them whitewashed tombs, which is why they they killed him, right? So just be, be aware of that. But back to the intergenous thing. Yep. So the first step in any type of process is awareness, mm. right? And we call it, you know, the, Kevin Kevin kind of like championed a lot of these phrases. And so w- when I say them, but it's vocation frustration. When you go, man, I hate my job. I don't like what I'm doing. Not a moment of, man, it was a tough day, but an, an ongoing season of disgust. Um, this thing that people say, just living a dream, man. Just living a dream. Another day in paradise. Another day in paradise. We say these things, and what we're actually saying is, I am grossly unhappy with who I am, with where I am, with what I'm doing, all these things. But you have to be aware of that first. I think one of the things that the enemy lulls people into is apathy. Mm. Apathy is, I don't, I don't care. Whatever, man. I don't care. You know, just go back to work. Do your th- put your head down, make the dollars, put the bread on the table for the kids, have a beer, celebrate my favorite sports team, and then back to it on Monday. And people get lost in this condition. Oh my gosh, dude, we are in such the hamster wheel of the cycle, but it's vocation frustration. So awareness is number one to go, man, oh, wait a second. No, I was made for more than this, man. I remember when I was a kid, I had these aspirations and these dreams. Where did they go? You know, and that process of awakening. So awareness, awakening, right? Um, this is the this is the process. People have to begin to wake up to understand that maybe some of the things they thought, believed, or even experienced are not the actual realities or truths. So awareness, awakening is number one. The second is a willing heart. Mm. Be teachable, man. Be teachable. Like the, the entire gospel is predicated on those who have experience, right? pouring into those who don't have the experience. It's the discipleship process. Be willing to to learn under someone. We say this all the time. Um, it, it, Dave, are you a, a football, baseball, basketball? What's your sport? Baseball guy. I've been a longtime Phillies fan ever since the early 90s. Okay. Favorite player of all time? Lenny Dykstra, although I don't <laughs> condone his character. That's fine. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra. So there's a door behind you. If Lenny Dykstra knocked on that door and he said, David, you want to come play catch? 
dude, you'd run to the door and you'd be like, bro, let's go. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's go, man. Let's go. Whether you're a basketball fan, if it's Jordan, right? You know, Mm. some people are deranged and think it's LeBron. But anyway, it's Jordan. (laughs) And and Jordan comes in the door and says, hey, man, you want to go shoot hoops? Or if Tiger Woods says, hey, you want to go play 18 holes? Oh, my gosh. Men's culture would be like, yes, this is my dream, right? And so one of the things that Kevin says is the God who made Tiger and Michael and Lenny is knocking on the door every day and we don't answer wow. because we're not willing to value him as much as we value these people. And so we have become a culture who is not really intoxicated or interested with God. We're interested in God, not intoxicated with him. And so that's the second step. There has to be an awareness, number one. Number two, there has to be a willingness to go, oh, my gosh, like you, God, are the most amazing thing in my life. And you can pour that out through me. So step into that. And then the third process that people are going to like this. You have to be willing to suffer. Mm. And I'm not talking about being poor, being the kid on the poster, although it might take that if you're that attached to it. But I will tell you, bro, since I have begun to speak and write and become an encourager and step, it's been a tough season for me, dude. I mean, I've gotten ground in the gears. We're still trying to build this company. People still don't understand what we're doing. People go, man, why don't you just have a church? Why aren't you just a preacher? Why don't you just do things the way I think you should? Instead of us going, no, God is showing us what to do. We're going this this way, dude, it's every day just getting pounded, 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 pounded. And it's hard. It's really hard. But, you know, things that we don't need, God is loving enough to remove them. And I had a vision a, a year ago. Um, um, well, I, I, two, two things real quick. Number one, I had a vision about a year ago of a man trying to get on a plane and he had like 10 or 12 bags with him. And the stewardesses, the flight attendants or whatever were saying, you can't bring that on. He's like, yeah, but you don't understand. This is my most important stuff. And they go, no, you can't bring that on. Not not where we're going. And so the next picture was that same man kind of standing by the road with just one bag, like waiting on a taxi or something like that. And the taxi driver says, no, you can't even bring that in the car. And the final picture was that same man sitting in the middle of a burning room, but he was not being harmed. And the Lord showed me, he said, there are things in your life that you cannot bring where I want to take you until you get to a point where the entire world around you could be on fire. And you would be at peace because you know you've got me, my coverage, my protection, my provision, and who I've made you to be. Now you're free and you can move forward. Wow, man. And so that that, chills. (laughs) Dude, yes, that's the place we have to get to. Like it or not, that's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. That's Daniel in the lion's den. That's David running at Goliath. That's Peter standing up before the Sanhedrin. That's Paul going to Rome. That's the heroes of faith. And that's who we're called to become. Second picture that I got a couple of weeks ago, actually, was at a worship night. And the Lord gave me a picture of a pan of brownies. Really weird, I know. And, and I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? This is really strange. Um, but he said, listen to me. He said, when you walk into a house and there's brownies in the oven, you can smell them. And they smell done. You go get them out of the oven and boy, they look done, but you stick the knife in the middle and it's gooey. Mm. And he told me, he said, we are in a fiery season right now. I'm talking about the world around us. People are in a pressing season and the heat's getting turned up on the oven, but I'm cooking the brownie. 
Don't come out of the oven until you're finished. Don't come out until you're done. And it's interesting because I remembered about a year ago, Kevin had a similar uh, analogy about cookie dough. He said, if without heat of the oven, cookies are just cookie dough, they're soft, they're mushy. You know, we want to be the cookie. And so just a few thoughts to these men, just some pictures, some analogies, grab hold of this, press into it, let the Lord work on you. And that's when you can begin that process of stepping in. Oh, man, I, I appreciate that so much. Um, you know, I know we're coming at it from like two different denominations, but, you know, in the Orthodox faith, we, we look at the saints and we, you, you talk about this trial by fire. Some of them are some of them were martyrs or some of them were, you know, they were there's this one, uh, this one amazing one, a contemporary one named Set Nectarios. And he was uh, he was in charge of like trying to help uh, young priests, you know, bring them up and educate them. And there was a. Uh, I mean, he, he had everybody against him. I mean, there, there's actually a movie about him called Man of God that's uh, that's playing later in March. And uh, I mean, the administration against him, everything. And so he was getting it from everybody. And these two students were fighting one day and he ends up he ends up not only like breaking up the fight and everything. And they were called into his office and was brought before them. But he ends up taking the blame for everything. He's like, you know, this is my fault. I, I am not doing enough. So it's it's not even just. I mean, it's, it's everything. It's everything that we do. We got to take that on. We got to be willing to take it on. And and guys, I I know it's hard out there, but when, when we're called to be men of faith and men of God, when we're called to do a certain career, when we're called to do, you know, you know, raise a family, we got to be willing to take all of it. on. we got to be willing to to take the world, the the weight of the world on our shoulders. And I'm just, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, this, this whole last two years was that heat being turned up, but I got to tell you, even in the heat being turned up, this is when the Lord acted in my life. Um, you yeah. know, I know we spoke a while back about, you know, my career and, and how I wasn't loving it. I was, I was that guy that was just saying, eh, you know, things are, things are fine, whatever. Um, yeah. But in the very beginning of the pandemic, the Lord, literally my miracle was he picked me up and he just put me in another job. I got a detail in public affairs. I ended up getting a, a full-time job in it later that year. And the same time in, in the beginning of March, I started doing this podcast. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's by accident. You know, sure. I had the time to do it um, yeah. because I was home so much. Um, and now here I am, you know, two, two years later, almost to the day. And here I am talking to you about how these guys can live out their faith despite being baptized by fire. That was Absolutely. my whole point. I, I, I can get into a long, a long monologue, too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Well, I think but it's awesome. Dude. You, you nailed it, man. And I, I, I appreciate that. And yeah. um, I just want to wrap up here with, you know, for the dads out there who may be feeling that that heat right now, who are struggling, who are not sure where to begin. They're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe, you know, even in the midst of that fire, they don't realize it's God. So they feel forgotten by the Lord. How can they step into being a fearless father? Um, well, I think that to the point is, is know that you have a fearless father Mm. and, and the reality is, is God is a father and he is fearless and Jesus is our savior, but he's also our brother. He was our model. He was fearless. Mm. So we go through Jesus as a picture of the heart of our father. And then the father imparts the fearless Holy spirit which is a vibrant and active part living and dwelling in our spirit that is going to rise up the fearlessness in us. And so the reality is, is that, you know, 
Yes, we have to step in. Yes, we have to be willing to go through the fire, but God has already gone through it. Mm -hmm. So know that it's not your burden to carry. It's not glory to me by accident even. It is God has gone first. He carries my burdens. He bears my burdens. And the most beautiful passage of Scripture I was reading recently is Ephesians, not Ephesians, (laughs) Exodus 14, Moses at the edge of the Red Sea. And I think much of what we're seeing around us is a Red Sea moment. It looks impossible. Where is God in all of this? We're about to get crushed by the Egyptians and everybody is freaking out. We'd have been better off back there. Just kill us now. You know, they're just freaking out. And Moses says something that is completely ludicrous. He says, be still. Because the Egyptians you see, you'll see no more. Basically, the Lord is fighting for you. And that's something men have a hard time doing, being still. They feel like, I got to do this, bro. I got to earn this, bro. You know, sweat, tears. I got to do this. You know, my God has done it. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. Right? What is it? It is every, it's all finished. It's all done. Your purpose is already birthed in heaven. The question is, is are you going to bring it to earth now and step into it? And so when you get the confidence of a son, Mm -hmm. if the confidence of a son to go, man, my father's got my back. Think of it this way. The lion goes ahead of you. So you are the son of a lion. You are a lion, but your father lion goes ahead of you. And so walk with pride to know that, dude, my father is in front of me and, and feel that lion within you and raise up and then get get moving forward and get plugged into community that's going to feed you in this direction. Be discipled by somebody, you know, get the tough stuff cut off of you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, stop trying to carry the burden yourself. Like all that kind of stuff is, of course, the subsequent things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I just as you were speaking there, I was just reminded, be still and know that I am God. And then, yep. hey, we're, we're heading into springtime. It's time to get pruned. You know, this is the spring. This is the dawn of our uh, of living out our purpose. So Matt, uh, this was amazing, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Finally, we connected. I know we had some, uh, some issues there, but I'm glad to connect this and, and finally quote unquote, lay down some track and, and just listen to, you know, just, you just, I mean, I, I, I've followed your career for the, the last couple of years and it's just been amazing to see what God has done in your life. And I feel like for many folks and similar to you, this pandemic has been a culmination of that. It's allowed you to, you know, it's allowed you to ditch some of that luggage. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. Amen. Get, get light, get light. Cause we got work to do, but exactly. you know, Dave, thanks for the work that you do with this man, empowering fathers. And, you know, just to let anybody know, man, like, you know, if, if anybody, I'm always open. One of the things that we are very keen on is Jesus was always approachable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, anyone who wants to reach out or connect further or whatnot, man, um, you know, even for prayer or whatever, uh, the door's wide open. Excellent. So that's my last question. How can we do that? How can we get your book? Learn more about the podcast, connect with you guys. Yeah, man. So um, really fearlesstradingcompany.com is kind of the front. Um, I actually have a bag of coffee. So we have a coffee program. So we've got 100% organic 
um, Arabica coffee and it is awesome. And we do it on a subscription program. So you're making a non or a, a, not for a donation to our nonprofit. You're getting a couple of bags a month and it helps the mission. It all goes to fund the mission, but you get great coffee. And awesome. then we've got uh, apparel shirts, all that kind of stuff. And then from there, you know, whatever the mentoring, um, whatnot, but fearless trading company.com, uh, we'll get you there from a navigation standpoint. And then for the ministry side of stuff, it's youprint.life, Y-O-U-P-R-I-N-T.L-I-F-E. But there's contact forms on all that stuff. And uh, our podcast, The Fearless Ones, is uh, every Friday at 11 a.m. live on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Rumble. And then it's podcasted out uh, after that pretty much everywhere podcasts are. Very cool. Awesome. And I'll make sure to link all that up in the show notes. And I do want to mention one thing about the coffee. Guys, if you got a Keurig, they do sell, dispo- or not disposable, I was going to say disposable, reusable K-Cups. So you can get the coffee, the Fearless Trading Company coffee, and you just wash it out. I, I got some coffee from a from a friend, a priest friend uh, over over the holidays, and it was a bag, and I refilled it. It was it's fantastic. So just let you know, you don't have to you don't have to lose out on Matt's coffee just because you got the carry. Just want to let that let you know. <laughs> it's so funny that's such a big part of our conversation right now because getting into the pod business yeah. is actually not cheap, you know, because you have to custom and the, the initial order is a pretty substantial one. Right. And it's always like everybody's like, "Hey, how can we get it if we have a, a Keurig or a pod, you know, dispenser?" And I was like, "Hey, they make these recyclable ones, so you know, you can check it out." We're, we're moving in that direction, so thanks for saying that. No, no problem. I don't know if you can sell the, you know, the Fearless Ones branded K cup, you know, reusable. We're one, getting maybe. there. <laughs> we're getting there. It's just going to take a little bit, man. I tell you what, this business, you know, you got to grow it. Absolutely, man. Well, Matt, thank you so much. God bless you and everything that you're doing, and we look forward to big things from you later for the rest of this year and beyond. And uh, stay connected, brother. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Peace. Take it easy. Hey, dads. Are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website, runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com, R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y, all one word, runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals. Be sure to text me at 717-913-5671 to join the Devoted Dads community. Do me a favor and share this episode with at least one other person who could benefit. Until next time, take care and God bless.